Hi, it's your pal Steamed Hams. Join me every week on the Unforgettable Luncheon as we discuss topics in the nerd world like gaming, comics, cartoons, and whatever else may cross my mind. You can find me on the socials as SteamedHams81 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. And check out Steamed Hams Merchatorium, the link to which will be in the description of this podcast. The Unforgettable Luncheon, nerd comedy at its okayest. When there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! A supernatural comedy starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Ernie Hudson as four paranormal investigators and eliminators has been going strong since 1984. Spawning two sequels with another one on the way. Two animated series, a reboot, a toy line, and a ton of video games. Ghostbusters is a franchise that ain't afraid of no ghost. Today, we're talking about the video games and TV shows of the Ghostbusters on the Unforgettable Luncheon. It's your pal, Steamed Hams. I hope you're ready for an unforgettable luncheon. On June 8th, 1984, Ghostbusters hit theaters. The supernatural comedy starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis went on to become a huge success. Fans of the franchise celebrate June 8th as Ghostbusters Day. And in honor of such an important holiday in the nerd and pop culture world, today we're going to discuss the video games and TV shows based on Ghostbusters. For those of you too young to know, or just living under a rock, Ghostbusters followed the adventures of Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, and Egon Spangler, three parapsychologists recently fired from the university they worked at, who decided to start a business catching ghosts, after proving they existed. They go around New York busting ghosts and becoming more and more popular. They eventually recruit a fourth Ghostbuster by the name of Winston Zeddemore. After a massive uptick in paranormal activities, the boys start to find an apocalyptic event on the horizon. They discover that a local apartment building is secretly a conduit and temple for an ancient evil named Gozer, who is able to have her two minions, Zool, the gatekeeper, and Vince Clortho, the keymaster, possess a pair of residents, Dana Barrett and Louis Tully, and open the temple to release Gozer. After the Ghostbuster containment unit was shut down by EPA douchebag Walter Peck. The Ghostbusters battle Gozer, who becomes a 30-story version of a product mascot, the state of Marshmallow Man, and defeat him, saving the city and the world. Except in Ghostbusters 2, all is forgotten, and the Ghostbusters are bankrupt, as the city sued them into oblivion for the damage caused by the Gozer battle. But we're going to go into that craziness another time. In 1986, an animated series debuted titled The Real Ghostbusters. Why the real Ghostbusters, you ask? You see, the name Ghostbusters was actually owned by Universal and Filmation for a live-action series from 1975 called Ghostbusters. The show centered around a pair of bumbling detectives played by Larry Storch and Forrest Tucker. For those of you old enough to know those names, they are from a classic TV series called F Troop. They also had a gorilla named Tracy, which was just a guy in a gorilla suit, drove around in a dilapidated jalopy, and battled ghosts. 
Columbia paid a handsome fee to license the Ghostbusters name for the film. When Filmation decided to release their own animated series based on the live-action series because of a little breakdown in rights with uh, Columbia, Columbia decided to add real to their title so you know that they're the real Ghostbusters. Anyways, the real Ghostbusters followed the continuing adventures of the Ghostbusters, along with their pal Slimer, who you might remember from the first film as the ghost in the hotel, as they battled ghosts in New York. The boys were given slight redesigns, along with different colored jumpsuits to tell them apart, because, you know, kids show. Different colors makes it easy for the kids to differentiate. Around the fourth season, the show was retooled into a one-hour format that would feature a regular episode, followed by a 30-minute segment featuring short stories starring Slimer. In the fifth season, Lewis Tully was added as the Ghostbusters accountant to tie into Ghostbusters 2. The show ran from 1986 to 1991 and spawned a massively successful toy line along with it. I mean, that toy line was friggin' sweet. One thing about this show is that it was not a 30-minute toy commercial. New toys weren't shoehorned into episodes. I mean, I will admit, I had so many of those toys, from the figures to the Ecto-1 to, yes, the goddamn Proton Pack and Trap. I mean, why wouldn't I? Hell, if I could talk my wife into letting me buy the replica Proton Packs and stuff, I would 100% get it all, because I am that kind of nerd. In 1997, a spin-off entitled Extreme Ghostbusters debuted, because, well, in the 90s, everything was... Extreme! The series takes place years after the original, with the team having disbanded due to a lack of supernatural activity. Egon stays behind in the firehouse to maintain the containment unit and teaches college classes on the paranormal. When the ghosts start to reappear, uh, Egon recruits his four students, yes, he had a whole four, twice the number of last semester, uh, as a new Ghostbusters team. You have Eduardo Rivera, who's the lazy, mouthy, smart-ass one, basically the Venkman of the group. Uh, you have Kylie Griffin, a goth genius and expert on the occult. Garrett Miller, a paraplegic athlete who is into extreme sports. And Roland Jackson, mechanical genius. The four are drafted by Egon to stop the new paranormal threats to the city and the world. Much of the drama from the series spawns from the will-they-won't-they-love-hate relationship between Eduardo and Kylie, the unrequited love set, uh, that Secretary Janine still has for Egon, and the clashes with authority figures who just don't believe the team is on the up-and-up. The show had a darker tone, extreme, and more continuity than the original. The series ran for 40 episodes and ended with the Extreme Ghostbusters teaming up with the original real Ghostbusters. I did enjoy the show a lot. It was usually shown on Saturday evenings on a local channel by me. Uh, it was syndicated. Uh, and I usually was watching it leading up to my usual Saturday night viewing of Sven Gulli. If you don't know who Sven Gulli is, look him up. I may do an episode about him in the future. He's a local horror host who went national many years ago and is one of the coolest people ever. Also, I mean, I had no real social life in 1997, so I spent a lot of Saturday nights at home. Is anybody really surprised to hear that about me? No? 
Not surprised. Okay. So we've talked about the shows based on the Ghostbusters. I know I didn't talk very much, but there wasn't a whole hell of a lot to talk about. Now let's strap in and talk about the many games based on them. Now, more than a few are just different versions of the same game. So I'm not going to go into each and every version, just the differences between the versions. First up, we have the obvious entry of Ghostbusters from, of course, 1984. Released on the Commodore 64, Apple II, Atari 2600, NES, and Sega Master System. For those of you who don't know what the Sega Master System is, that was the 8-bit version of the Genesis. Was Genesis is like Big Brother, Dad, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the game was not only a ghost-busting action title, but a business simulation as well. You're given money at the start of the game to buy ghost-busting equipment along with, in most versions, a car. The psychokinetic energy in uh, New York, or PKE, is rising, and you're tasked with driving around the city and capturing ghosts. You're able to equip a ghost vacuum to suck up ghosts as you drive, and must occasionally return to headquarters to empty out your traps and revive incapacitated Ghostbusters. You would find flashing little spots on the map where ghosts were infesting. You go to them, it goes to a little driving mode, it drives to... um, that little thing, and you have to avoid hitting cars because you lose money doing that. And you go, you do a little kind of thing where you catch ghosts and hope to God you don't cross the streams. You get money for that. You earn money to upgrade your equipment and so on and so forth. So, fun times. Um, in the NES version, which is what I had, you weren't incapacitated, you didn't have to empty traps, as it was a bit of a bare-bones version that was actually um, ported by a Japanese team that um, did something interesting I will get to in a minute. The other versions included having to get past Stay Puff to get into the building that housed Gozer's Temple, or as she was referred to in the Master System version, Gorza. You felt there was a bit of a translation issue there which then became a run-and-gun game to climb the stairs at the top of the battle gozer. The NES version, you went straight into the building, but the climb was a bitch in three quarters. I went over this in my previous episode about the hard parts in NES games. Basically, to get up those stairs, you better have a, a fucking Game Genie and a turbo button on your controller. Once you defeat Gozer in this version, in the NES version, you get a poorly spelled and punctuated... Congratulation message. Seriously, look it up. It's hilarious. It also appears as an Easter egg in the 2009 Ghostbusters game. Anyways, moving on. There was a 1990 Sega Genesis game, which was not a port of the 1984 version at all. This one was more of a run-and-gun platformer that focused on a new adventure, where the Ghostbusters have to collect pieces of a stone tablet and defeat a new entity, Janna, the God of Darkness. You get to pick from the original three Ghostbusters. Winston was unfortunately excluded, but I heard there is some sort of like remaster or something coming out where he was able to be added in. Um, each has their own strengths and weaknesses. I played this on an emulator a friend had many years ago and did enjoy it. You know, I was never a Genesis kid, so I never had the game. So, you know, I get to play it when I go to friends' houses. 
1987, a real Ghostbusters arcade game was released. It was a three-player, ten-level game, loosely based on the cartoon. You battled creatures with your proton packs, destroying the creatures and earning bonus points for using your proton stream to catch the ghosts that were left behind when you defeated them. You had various power-ups, including Slimer, who would destroy enemies who got close to you when you had him equipped. Each level ended with a boss fight that would reward you with a key to the next level. I have played this numerous times at Galloping Ghost Arcade, and my nieces enjoy it also because they're huge Ghostbusters fans. You can guess whose fault that is. I recommend giving it a shot if you ever come across it. There was also a home computer version, but that was limited to two players. Kind of hard to have three players on a PC, so there's that. There was also a real Ghostbusters game released for the Game Boy as part of the Crazy Castle franchise, which was basically a puzzle platform type of thing. You play as Venkman solving puzzles and catching ghosts, like the real Ghostbusters version of him. Um, I didn't know this game until I had started researching for this episode, to be honest. I had the Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle as a kid and loved it on my Game Boy. Had I known this existed, you bet your sweet bippy I would have had it in my collection. Now, Ghostbusters 2 had more than a few versions out there. There was the Activision version, which is the only one I've played. Uh, You had a couple of side-scrolling levels, one really pain-in-the-ass level where you drove Ecto-1, and I could never get past that for life of me. Uh, Of course, one where you piloted the Statue of Liberty. If you've seen Ghostbusters 2, you know what I'm talking about. And then a final boss fight against Vigo the Carpathian, who was the main villain for the movie. Um... I could not get into this game as I couldn't get very far. I mean, when I got to the driving portion, I was done. I was, no matter what I did, I could never get past it. So, this wasn't one I actually rented from the video store frequently, even though I was a huge Ghostbusters fan. Uh, There was a version released in Europe and Japan by HAL Laboratories titled New Ghostbusters 2. Kind of like New Coke. Well, there was Coke 2, and there's New Coke, so they just combined the two and made New Ghostbusters 2. My God, I'm old. Due to licensing issues with Activision, this version never saw the light of day in the U.S. Uh, it was more of an action game where you ran around, trapped ghosts, and then were told, hey, here's where you go next. That was about it. So, I mean, I never played it. I never got my hands on it. That sucks. Uh, There were two different PC versions of Ghostbusters 2, one for DOS, one for all the other computers. The DOS version starts with the Ghostbusters battling the Scolari brothers in the courtroom in kind of a gallery shooting style level. Um, Then moves on to three different available activities, busting ghosts for money in similar gallery shooting levels, uh, collecting slime in the underground river as Ray dangling from a rope, And using music to stabilize the slime. Now, if you remember that scene from Ghostbusters 2 where they put the mood slime into the toaster and they played uh, Higher and Higher by uh, Jackie. I I don't remember the the artist's name, but I know the song. Um, And the toaster would dance. The idea was you had nine songs to pick from and you had to pick three calming songs to stabilize the slime. Otherwise, it exploded and... If you failed any of these little kind of side missions, 
your Ghostbuster was put in a mental institution, much like what happened to them in Ghostbusters 2. Um, but the difference is the other Ghostbusters can rescue him from there and basically gain him back as like a life. Once you've earned enough money, you can pilot the Statue of Liberty to the museum to battle Vigo. The other PC versions uh, feature three levels based on the movie. Collecting Slime, which was a little more difficult in this one. Piloting Lady Liberty and being, being able to fight ghosts. You know, you threw fireballs at them, they turn into slime. Pedestrians pick up the slime and give back to you to keep powering your torch. And, of course, battling Vigo. Now, I never played any of these. But I, play, I watched a long play of the DOS version on YouTube to kind of get an idea of how it went. Boy, did it have a long opening. I am not going to lie. <laughs> Same with the Master System thing. For some reason, the entire theme song plays with lyrics on the title screen. So that's pretty funny. Anyways, now, on to my favorite one. Ghostbusters, the video game from 2009. Until the release of Ghostbusters Afterlife in 2021, this was considered the unofficial third film. With a new story written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, starring the original four Ghostbusters, along with Annie Potts returning as Janine, and William Atherton returning as Walter Peck, who is now technically the Ghostbusters boss. Unfortunately missing from the film from the game are Rick Moranis, who at the time was happy in his retirement and declined to return because he just didn't he wasn't ready to come back and Sigourney Weaver who I looked around and I couldn't find a reason why she didn't I think she just wasn't asked or she maybe declined I think that's why they got the new character Dr. Alyssa Selwyn played by Alyssa Milano uh, this takes place in 1991 so two years after Ghostbusters 2 and the Ghostbusters are now licensed and bonded contractors for the city of New York uh, they're also insured, and so they're hired to just basically, anytime someplace is haunted, they go and clean it out. Uh, they hire an unnamed rookie, who is the player character. They often refer to him as rookie, new guy, or cadet, uh, to test their dangerous new equipment. Of course, they find there's once again a massive uptick in the paranormal due to the machinations of Gozerian cult leader Evo Shandor who makes them, does make an appearance in Afterlife. So this might be like kind of an alternate timeline type thing. Uh, he's the architect who actually built the apartment uh, that Gozer's Temple was on top of. So he was briefly mentioned when they were going over the plans in Ghostbusters 1, saying that, oh, you know, this, that, and the other thing about the building. So uh, the Ghostbusters and the rookie battle ghosts while being hindered by the bureaucracy with Walter Peck, who is now in charge of the Paranormal Contracts Oversight Committee, or Peacock. Which is funny, because he'd love nothing more to, to destroy the than to destroy the Ghostbusters. But if he destroys Ghostbusters, no more Peacock, no more job. So he has to keep the Ghostbusters going in order to keep a job. Um, as I mentioned before, we had Dr. Alyssa Selwyn, voiced by Alyssa Milano. She's a Gozerian expert and the newest target of the Gozerian cult. And, of course, also a new romantic interest for Dr. Venkman because they don't say what happened to Dana in this. Um, it's like a third-person shooter-style type game, so something along like Gears of War, The Division, um, Ghost Recon. 
you reload your your proton pack by venting the pack because you know it starts to heat up you vent it and you can keep shooting it's pretty fun um you can destroy smaller ghosts but trapping bigger ones you know you toss out a trap you get them into the trap you pick up the trap because you can't just fit multiple ones in the same trap you have to trap and pick it up drop a new trap so that does get a little goofy um, you're also trying to limit the damage that you cause, which will show up on a meter as you hit stuff, break stuff, burn stuff, whatever with your with your weapons. Um, you get some cool callbacks because you get to go back to the Cedric Hotel to once again catch Slimer. That's kind of like a tutorial level. Um, and you go to the New York Public Library and you battle the Grey Lady, a.k.a. the library ghost from the film from the beginning that scared the living shit out of them and chased them out of the library. Um, I won't give away the absolutely excellent ending to this game, but I'm damn glad it came out. Had Afterlife never been released, um, this would have been an excellent third film. A remaster was released for Xbox One, PS4, and others of that generation, and I own both the original and the remaster. I mean, again, are we shocked at all? Um, there are many more games. Maybe we'll have to have a part two to, uh, you know, get to all of them sometime soon. I mean, there was some extreme Ghostbusters games. Unfortunately, a lot of the stuff never made it out to the U.S., so that's why I've never heard of it. Um, there's even a Ghostbusters pinball game, which I have seen in the wild. Um, I saw it at the Murray Brothers Caddyshack restaurant in Rosemont, Illinois. But every time I've gone, I haven't had a chance to go play the damn thing. And my wife knows I really want to play it because she knows I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. And so one of these days I will get to it. Um, of course, I couldn't go into all these today because we don't want a three-hour episode. I mean, I, I, I just can't do that. I can talk, but not that much. Ask my coworkers. I can talk. I don't shut up at work sometimes. So, anyways, Ghostbusters is an amazing franchise with a ton of history behind it. If you've not seen them all, then what are you waiting for? I mean, you can f easily find the Ghostbusters, the first two films, on Prime. I believe Ghostbusters Afterlife is currently on Stars, And then you can find uh, the real Ghostbusters on Prime Video and Crackle. While Extreme Ghostbusters is on Crackle, and of course, both are free. Well, if you get a Prime subscription, Prime is free, but Crackle is completely free. You just have to deal with commercials. Check them out. They're good shows. Well, that's it for another unforgettable luncheon. I hope a good time was had by all. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and YouTube as SteamedHams81, and on Facebook as The Unforgettable Luncheon. If you like these podcasts, please tell people, tell your friends, tell your family, tell randos on the street, spread the word. That is how I grow. That is how I get more listeners and get out there. And if you have an idea, there's something you want me to talk about, you have you have something maybe I've not heard of, let me know. I will I will research, I will go nuts, and I will do an episode about it. Well, uh, join me next week when the topic will be something nerdy. Happy Ghostbusters Day, everyone.